You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is okay. Well, JT is already <laughs> ruining the video. We're five <laughs> seconds in. This is Kyle Worley, and I'm joined by my co host, Jen Wilk and JT English. These episodes at the back end of the season. It, it, the wheels start to come yeah, off. A little it feels like the wild, wild west a little bit. You're like, who's going to pull out the gun first? Where are we going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it, it's like senioritis almost uh, as we get towards the end of these seasons, and that's why the Q and A episodes are always like a, you know, a Pandora's box of opinions because I just think we're just ready to. We're ready to call it a season, but we're glad you have it. We're glad you're listening in. We've been covering the doctrine of God this season, talking through both who God is and the attributes of God, uh, incommunicable and communicable attributes. This is our last episode on the attributes of God. The re- uh, for the rest of the season, we'll have a few more episodes that we'll be releasing, maybe some surprises in there. Uh, but one of those episodes will be with Dr. Matthew Barrett of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, scholar on the doctrine of God. We'll be talking with him. Um, through just some of our questions and maybe getting into some technical things uh, that we haven't had a chance to jump into this season. Then we'll do our Q&A episodes, which are always a freewheeling affair. So, They're like the pop quiz from hell. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, just to remind the audience. I No, that's I your Bible never, literacy quiz, Jen. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I almost never show JT and Jen the questions yeah. ahead of time. And uh, I like it that way. You know, it's the one time where I feel like I have the upper hand in this in this I feel podcast. like we should bring a pop quiz for Kyle. Don't you think, Jen? Should we bring him yeah. a pop quiz? Oh, I like, like a, this idea. We should do a West Wing pop quiz. Ooh, that maybe I'll get some maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll 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 put some stuff in there again. We can always sneak in a few West Wing quotes, illustrations, and references in the Q&A episodes. But today we're talking not about the West Wing or about uh, what we're going to cover in future episodes. We're talking about the faithfulness and patience of God. We've been talking through the attributes of God, and in the back half of this season, we've been kind of focusing on what are called communicable attributes of God. These are attributes that we share in likeness Um, though not in sameness with God, meaning God is faithful and patient perfectly, but we can practice faithfulness and patience. We're creatures created in the image of God and through the redeeming work of Christ and by the power of the Spirit, we can be sanctified to look more and more like God, and that would be showcasing, practicing the communicable attributes of this God. So let's let's, let's just start in. What does it mean to say that God is faithful? When we talk about the faithfulness of God, when we use the word faithful, what are we saying? What are we saying about faithfulness? What, what does that word mean? Well, since JT is not jumping in. Uh, well, you wrote a just... book about this, Jen, so <laughs> I think I'm going to give you the lead. <laughs> One way to say it is that his character and his actions are utterly consistent. Um, yeah. So in other words, he What he does is the perfect outflow of who he is. Uh, He cannot be untrue to his own promises. Um, And then I think when you you roll in the idea of, not to get ahead in the conversation, but when you roll in the idea of his relationship to time, um, that he he is faithful to all generations. Like he is consistent across time in the way that he, I don't know if this is kind of a human way to say it, but he lives out his his own... um, character and words. No, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. And I think that's, that's spot on consistency between his character and his actions and that 
all that God does, he does in keeping with all that he is. Mm-hmm. He, he, there's never anything that God does that transgresses who God is. And God is perfectly holy, righteous, loving, gracious, holy, all these things. And subsequently, all of his actions are in keeping with that. And, and, and in many ways, this seems to be central to the understanding of faithfulness as it's developed over the course of Scripture. You think about even the name Yahweh, the name that is uh, revealed uh, from God to Moses at the burning bush and is the name that is going to be the identifying name for the people of Israel when they're hearing about the God who's going to rescue them the first uh, rescue them the first time from Egypt. And when that happens, I think we get a picture right there. I am that I am, you know, theologians have grappled on whether or not that's primarily an ontological statement, meaning a statement about God's metaphysical being, the Mm -hmm. reality of God, his godness. And I think that is true, but it's clear that Yahweh is used throughout the Hebrew scriptures to not be a primary, not primarily be an ontological statement, but to be primarily a statement over God's covenant faithfulness, his faithfulness to the promises, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, his faithfulness to redeem and rescue as he promised he would do. And so I do think that you're, when we think about the faithfulness of God, I'll, I'll tell you, when I think about God personally, when I think about God, the first thing that I think about when I think about God is his faithfulness. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I, I'm not saying that that's Why? how it should be. Why do you think that is? Well, I think because I'm so fickle. I think because I feel so unfaithful, I feel so frail that meditation upon God's faithfulness is an anchor for me. Mm-hmm. Whenever I feel the, uh, and I think we find this throughout scripture. I think that's one of the reasons why Yahweh is such a, uh, a clear and needed name for God's people is that whether you're Abraham or you're Moses, or you're the more probably more in our stead, the people of Israel at Sinai about to enter into the land. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of know your powerlessness, you know your frailty, and you know the fickleness of your own heart to remain faithful to Yahweh. So the truth that God is faithful, even when we are faithless, mm-hmm. is such a crucial part of the story of redemption. And it's such a crucial part of the story of God's sanctification in my own life. Mm-hmm. So I think faithfulness is, I'm like, I'm always thinking, not always thinking, but I find myself regularly returning to the truth of, man, it is good news that God is faithful Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly what Paul reminds Timothy of in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, kind of the verse we're dancing around it. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. And I think, Kyle, your helpful distinction between like the economy of redemption, God's covenantal faithfulness, but also his ontological or who he is reality. Mm -hmm. What we don't want to do is create a dichotomy between those two things, because what he says right after that is, for he cannot deny himself. So the reason that God is covenantally faithful to us in the midst of our fickleness, your word, Kyle, or Paul's word, faithlessness, is because not only of what he's done, but because of who he is. And so in us, there seems to be a distinction between who we are, what we want, and what we do. And that's what we experience in the world, whether it's in spouses or in relationships or in jobs or in colleagues. 
what we want to be is perhaps faithful, but what we experience is fickleness. Mm-hmm. But when we're in a relationship with God, we see he not only says he will be faithful, he does faithfulness. Why? Because he is faithful. Mm-hmm. And so who God is perfectly matches up with what he does. And what That's he right. does perfectly matches with who he is. That's right. There's a saying um, that gets bandied about uh, about leadership, that the currency of leadership is trust. And so I think when you think about faithfulness, faithfulness and trust are completely tied to one another, right? Like if someone is faithful, then you can trust them. And so when we think about God in terms of he is the head of all things, um, mm-hmm. he is our great leader, um, and, and he is completely worthy of our trust, um, of every ounce of trust that we can can give because he is faithful. But I do think that like you raise a I love that verse that you referenced, JT, because it says he cannot deny himself, which Mm -hmm. invites us into a manner of thinking that we sometimes avoid, and that is, what are the things that God cannot do? Um, And it's not just Mm -hmm. that he cannot deny himself, he would never deny himself. Like he, not only can he not, he would not, he does not desire to. Um, And when we think about the faithfulness of God, we draw a great deal of comfort from it. Like I typically hear this referred to in terms of like, and that's such a comfort thing uh, to me to know that God is always faithful to his promises. And yet when we come to the portions of scripture where God is faithful to his promises to mete out justice, um, suddenly we find the faithfulness of God, uh, we, we disconnect the faithfulness of God from those passages. And I do think it's important for the believer who has the full range of scripture in view to understand that God is faithful to both the promises that make us feel warm and fuzzy and the promises that make us feel uncomfortable. Um, Mm -hmm. He's faithful both to bless and he is faithful to curse in the way that he has um, said that he will. So not to take it dark here at the beginning of the episode, um, but I always just think it's important for believers to remember that um, the faithfulness of God is not all warm and fuzzy. The faithfulness of God, uh, and and that's because of a limitation, obviously, in our understanding of what it means that God... um, operates both according to promises that we like and promises that make us a little bit uncomfortable. But his faithfulness is, it is um, comprehensive. It is a comprehensive faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the book of Revelation, which is, you know, where my head's been a lot lately, like when we see all of the bowls of wrath and we're like, ugh, that's God being faithful. He's being faithful to do what he said he would do. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and when we think about God's faithfulness, we think about um, the what we. I'm I'm searching for a better word, but the integrity, the complete and perfect yeah. integrity. Yeah, integrity is a great or, word um, of his uh, of who he is and what he does. That there is no discrepancy. There's no double mindedness. There's mm-hmm. no deception. There's no projection in God. Uh, it's it, it, what he says, what he does, who he is is in, is in perfect unity, um, and that's absolutely crucial because you know you take faithfulness out of the equation for God, like you take that out of the picture, and it's bad news. It gets scary bad, fast. Bad news because he's no longer trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a level not of mystery but of deception 
of disingenuineness, of dishonesty in the Godhead, if there is some sort of bait and switch or some sort of uh, I am, but I'm not, or I will, but I wouldn't, and all of these kinds of things. And yet God's faithfulness is enduring. And the manner of that faithfulness or the outworking of that faithfulness, like Jen just said, it's not always, um, it's not always rosy from our vantage point, but it is always good. Uh, it is always good. And I do think that um, some of the, the times in which the faithfulness of God crystallizes for the life of the Christian are those times when we discover that he has been or he is being or he was faithful even in the midst of some very troubling times for us, right? I mean, because there are times when you find yourself in dark places where you're kind of wondering, like, is God still with me here? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think about like some of the hardest moments in in my life, some of the darkest times in my life have been times where it feels like there's a fog in my belief or trust, Mm -hmm. confidence in the faithfulness of God. And I have to return, you know, we've said this many times um, in many different ways in the course of this podcast, but I have to return back to the revelation and the testimony of God's faithfulness in Scripture as a reminder that even if it feels right now mm-hmm. like I have been forgotten or forsaken, I haven't been. I, that's why I love the story of Habakkuk so much. Mm-hmm. Like I love the flow of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is like, in many ways, it is just a story about somebody grappling with the faithfulness of God. You know, Habakkuk's mm-hmm. like, God, why are you allowing, you know, like this wickedness to go unchecked? And then mm-hmm. God's like, well, actually, I'm going to judge you uh, with these other wicked nations. And Habakkuk's like, no, 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 we don't want that. I, they're, they're worse. <laughs> and then by the, end of the, by the end of it, God's basically reminding Habakkuk like, hey, I have been faithful. Yeah. And Habakkuk's having to grapple with like, oh, yeah, I guess it hasn't always been like what I wanted it to be. And it probably is not going to be that way in the future. But you have been faithful. Yeah. And uh, there are those moments where we have to return to remembrance and reminders that are outside of our personal life at the time to remember the faithfulness of God. What? And I like your I like your reference to integrity too, because I think we understand in human terms people who have integrity. Like if you if you're listening to the podcast right now and you just bring to mind the person who you would say is the the person with the most integrity, I never know how to turn integrity into a different mm. word form. The most integritudinous person, <laughs> JT is waving his hands that it's him for those who are not currently <laughs> watching the video. But for those of us who are maybe searching for other applicants, um, you know, picture, <clears throat> wow. picture that person who has the greatest integrity in the way that they handle their business dealings or in the way that they handle their personal relationships. And we understand that's a faithful person. That's a person who tries to not be of two minds about things. Mm -hmm. And it's a person who we would associate with having to make hard calls, even when it means that perhaps in the short term, they will take take blows, right? Um, And I think when you think about then then transpose that onto God, which is not a one-to-one transposing, but stick with me for a second. Um, when we, like Kyle's describing, find ourselves thinking, how can this possibly be true about God? And we understand that 
if integrity reaches its full and perfect expression, that it is likely that we would misunderstand the character of God from time to time when he is acting in a way that is full of integrity, uh, because we see that even in our human relationships. You know, one of the phrases that comes to mind here that I don't, you know, thinking about 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, even when we're faithless, God is faithful because he can't deny himself, is like this kind of colloquial phrase that kind of gets thrown around in our culture is, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. Because often when we use that, we are actually referring to our, our own faithlessness. Like, hey, what you see is what mm-hmm. you get. Like, I'm all mm-hmm. that I am. Like, mm-hmm. I can only do what I'm, uh, you know, I'm a human, I'm limited, I'm finite, I'm sinful, I'm broken. And so what you see is what you get. Do you want it or not? And I think one of the reasons, Kyle, and I thought, I thought your word just a moment ago was so powerful, is like, it's very often that we can question the faithless or the uh, we can question the faithfulness of God and wonder is he faithful to me mm-hmm. is he available is he present does he see me because of what we see we might see mm-hmm. things in our in our world like pain disorder disordered affections uh, cancer diagnoses uh, challenging relationships so what you see is what you get. And you're thinking to yourself, man, what I'm seeing is brokenness and pain and turmoil mm-hmm. and uh, a disordered creation. How, how can God really be be faithful? And I yeah. think, you know, if, if we're to take that phrase, what you see is what you get, I think the author of Hebrews would say, well, what are you seeing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you looking looking towards? What are you, like, what, because mm-hmm. I'm, I, you can look at the world and see disorder, chaos, frustration, sickness and death, but Christians see something entirely different in the midst of all of that. I'm reminded of that hymn, um, oh gosh, what's it called? Uh, Before the throne of God above, mm-hmm. when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there, the one who made an end of all my sin. And that's exactly what the author of Hebrews is telling us about the faithfulness of God, Christ our high priest, mm-hmm. when he says, therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. And listen to this so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. Mm -hmm. So Christians, when we think to ourselves, what you see is what you get, we look upward and Mm -hmm. see a faithful high priest Mm -hmm. who made an end to all of our sin, who's currently sitting at the right hand of God the Father, Mm -hmm. making an end of all of our sin. And so often what we can see in this world is it's really more a matter of like, what lenses do we have on? Are we looking to see the brokenness, chaos, and disorder of this world? Or are we looking heavenward and seeing a king reigning and ruling over all things Mm -hmm. who one day is going to set everything right? And we can trust that because he's faithful. The CSB Life Council Bible provides biblical counsel and practical wisdom for pastors, ministry leaders, counselors, parents, couples, and any individual seeking practical wisdom through the application of God's Word. It includes more than 150 full-length articles on a wide range of topics and tough issues from respected Christian counselors and scholars. Visit csblifecouncilbible.com to get your copy today. Visit csblifecouncilbible.com to get your copy today. Do you ever get stuck wondering how to study a Bible passage? The Courage for Life Study Bibles for Women and the Courage for Life Study Bibles for Men have over 1,400 Bible studies. That's a Bible study on every page of Bible text. 
access to the Filament Bible app lets you dive even deeper. If you download the app and you scan the page number, you can open up a world of resources, including over 25,000 additional study notes, hundreds of videos, and a full audio Bible. Start discovering at courageforlifebible.com. That's courageforlifebible.com for incredible study notes and an incredible study Bible. Man, I think another thing that ties in for this, for me, I've been thinking a lot lately about aging and about people who have lived longer than I have and the wisdom that they have. And uh, when I think when you're in the dark night of the soul and you're questioning the faithfulness of God, there's looking heavenward. And then I think there's also looking around. Um, There's Mm -hmm. looking and saying, like, I think part of honoring our fathers and mothers, our spiritual fathers and mothers is knowing that when we can't see the faithfulness of God, we can go and talk to someone who can testify to it across more decades than we have. And just to be able to say, hey, I can't see it. And it's not even that, it's not even someone who is further along than we are saying, well, here's where God's faithfulness is in your current moment. It's them saying, let me show you where God has been faithful to me over my life time. Uh, I know that for me, that has been a huge ministry when I've been in, in a difficult season is to talk to someone, whether it's, you know, the loss of a loved one or um, uncertainty around how uh, my ministry should should be looking or um, what to do in a parenting situation or dealing even with aging parent. You know, there are all kinds of times where you, you find yourself wondering, is the Lord going to be faithful in this moment? Um, and to be able to talk to someone who can say, yeah, he's been faithful to me in this, and he's been faithful to me in this, he's been faithful to me in this. And look, he's been faithful to all these people in the scriptures who came before us. He's going to mm-hmm. be faithful to you. We don't know when or how. Um, you will understand that that's exactly what's happening, even now when you can't see it, but that's coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, Israel's instructed to almost throughout remember. their story yeah. to like build things to remember. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like you know, God's like, build this thing. So that the next time somebody walks past it and and your nephew or your kid or your cousin or your son or your daughter or your friend goes, mm-hmm. what's that about? Mm-hmm. You can say, oh, it was here where mm-hmm. God did this. And and I will say that like remembering and, and meditating on faithfulness, mm-hmm. we live in such a like action packed, fast moving onto the next thing, onto the next thing. Everything is just ephemeral. Everything Mm -hmm. is hazy. It's so quick. It's so fast that I don't think it's any wonder that we struggle with remembering God's faithfulness because we struggle with remembering anything at all. Mm -hmm. So like that we don't make time to remember and, and the Lord's supper as a weekly observation is an opportunity for the church Mm -hmm. It's like it is the church's Ebenezer, mm-hmm. like today. Like we don't stack up rocks any longer, but we do have a weekly part of our of our service where we go and everything that's happening this week, everything that's ahead of me in the next week, I am going to remember that mm-hmm. God was faithful to his promise to Abraham mm-hmm. to bear the sacrificial burden of his covenant fidelity and love. I was just looking at this last night in the scriptures about the Ebenezers and everything because I was doing a, I was tracing the theme of witness through scripture Mm -hmm. and those stones of remembrance, those Ebenezers, it says, set this up as a witness. 
And um, I don't know that we necessarily connect that term witness to the faithfulness of God the way that we should. Like when we think about witnessing, we think about sharing a gospel message, which is absolutely testifying to the faithfulness of God. But there is a bigger understanding of what it means to be a witness that goes all the way through Scripture. Adam Mm -hmm. and Eve were witnesses to the faithfulness of God, and they rejected it. Um, and then we see all of these other, you know, two or three witnesses throughout the scriptures who then make right what was made wrong in the garden by standing witness to the faithfulness of God. Um, and then we have a great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews, and we have yep. a multitude that bear witness in Revelation. And so when we think about the faithfulness of God, that theme being, and that, that's what we're called to, right, is that we are standing witness. We are, we are attesting to the faithfulness of God, and we do it for one another when one of us is not able to do it in the current moment. We, 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 we call other people to remembrance when, when they are hurting and feeling helpless to do so. That's good. That's right. That's right. So faithfulness, but also patience. Now, when I think about practicing patience as a communicable attribute, if there's one fruit <laughs> Can we of the skip spirit, this one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> If there's one fruit of the spirit that like uh, this, our resolution for our church for this year was to, was, uh, was to grow in the fruit of the spirit, to grow in cultivation, of the fruit of the spirit. So our, our, our doxology, our benediction at the end of every service, the last thing we pray is that God would, pr- uh, would make us to abound in the, and then we list out the fruit of the spirit. And a couple of weeks ago, my daughter. Um, we were at lunch and we were talking about what we learned and kind of what we were talking about in worship. And they had been talking about patience that week. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, um, do you, uh, do you think you're good at patience? And she, she looked at me and goes, I think I'm better than you. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Actually. Uh, this is uh it's one of those that I definitely struggle with. I'm I'm an, I'm an impatient person, but God is not. Um, God is patient. Um, other words to use to describe uh, God's patience that we find in Scripture: uh, long suffering, right? Mm-hmm. Steadfast, mm-hmm. Um, perseverance, le- perseverance. Like, um, and patience and faithfulness are obviously they're tied together. That's why we're treating them together, uh, because God is long suffering with His people. He is patient. Um, and we're called to be patient as well. We're, we're called to be patient. We're slow to anger, for example, quick mm-hmm. to listen, slow to speak. There's a lot of calls in different ways that we find in Scripture towards patience. And we practice patience because God is perfectly patient with us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually looked this up uh, this morning. in the uh, This is the Baker Bible Dictionary. I found this definition so helpful. It said this. It said, patience, biblical patience, is the ability to take a great deal of punishment from evil people or circumstances without losing one's temper, without becoming irritated and angry, or without taking vengeance. It includes this capacity to bear pain or trials without complaint and the ability to forbear under severe provocation and the self-control with which keeps one from acting rashly, even though suffering, opposition, or adversity. Mm. Uh, man, I just found that to be such a helpful definition. And then later in the definition, it talks about how biblical patience is not only God-given, it's also God-exercised. And so it's something that God gives us with the Spirit, is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. But it's also something that we see God exercise. Think about God's patience with 
with Cain and Abel. Think about God's patience with the rainbow and the covenant with Noah and the patience that he says he's, he's going to begin dealing with mm-hmm. humanity with. I mean, he we see God's patience over and over and over again, which you 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 mentioned, Kyle, is this, the Greek term is actually uh, makorhythmia, which is, this is this long-suffering mm-hmm. uh, rhythmic, like that's, that's where we get the word rhythm, this mm-hmm. long-suffering rhythm of God has a rhythm, a pattern of dealing with his, with his creation, of being patient. And that blows my mind because I wake up and by about 7.30 each morning, I'm like, okay, I was patient for 10 minutes. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's get this stuff in order. Thomas and Bailey, get in the car, get your shoes. Like if any parent has ever said to their child, get your shoes. I've said it a thousand times. It's like, do you guys ever deal with this as parents? Like, no. Oh, you don't need more. You do now. You deal with <laughs> you deal with it with Jeff now. Like Jeff, get your shoes on. Uh, but like my kids, I love my kids. They are Macy and I almost every single night go to bed, telling each other, "Are our kids amazing? Don't we love them? Don't we care for them?" But there comes a time when I've asked Thomas or Bailey to put their shoes on seven times, and I'm like, "All right, World War Three is about to start. Get in the car. You're going to school without shoes because there are moments in my finite life where I lack patience." But there, there's been some moments over the last few weeks where like the the guttural instincts of justice are welling up inside of me. Mm-hmm. I'm up. I'm ready. I'm taking you to you know to church or to school or whatever, where my patience runs thin. Yeah. And I want to react and I want there to be justice and I want there to be, that's enough. And we've talked about that. God, there's, God is also just, these things are not in opposition with each other, but I have a limit to my patience. Well, and I think yeah. we're, we're quick to ask yeah. others yeah. to be patient with that, to extend patience. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but we're, we're slow to extend it ourselves. And yeah, yeah this is a tough one. It's such yeah, a tough it one. Because it's it's like, particularly tough if you're friends with the two of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Would you know about that, Kyle? No, I mean, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Although, I think that uh, there are a lot of times where, I mean, we, uh, you know, we're joking, but in friendship, you do practice patience. Absolutely, in like, every relationship, there, in mm-hmm. in every relationship. But like, you know, we've talked a lot about our friendship as brothers and sisters in Christ, and like, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's easy to think about fr- uh, patience as it pertains to, you know, a spouse or kiddos, Mm -hmm. but like you also practice patience in your friendships. There have been times when one of us was not in the same place that the other two were. Yeah. When we didn't firebomb our friendship. Mm -hmm. Yet. We... I'm coming for you, boss. <laughs> we 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 waited. Mm-hmm. We reasoned yeah. together. Mm-hmm. We listened to one another. Mm-hmm. There have been times when two of us felt like we're good to go, and the other one. There's been one that's been like not so sure. Mm-hmm. Then there have been times when it became clear to all of us in waiting that like, oh yeah, okay, we shouldn't do this, or we should mm-hmm. do that, or, uh, that or maybe we were, I was wrong, or that we're going to disagree on some things for a very long time, and exactly. and that's okay. And but you know, this is a this plays into the whole idea of cancel culture, right? Yeah. Uh, cancel culture is an expression of impatience, and it makes sense that it would be so prevalent in a day and age where we're told that waiting for anything is um, something to be eliminated. The elimination exactly right. of wait times, right? And so that's right. really the issue that I think this current generation has to face, current generation of believers is going to have to stare down, is that um, God is patient 
And we are called to be patient, which means things like delaying gratification. It means things like bearing with one another in weakness. And yet we inhabit an ecosystem that says that weight should be eliminated. It's an enemy. And so in the Christian faith, waiting, um, patience, bearing with someone, long, being long-suffering is actually extolled. And so that's a, that's a very um, anti-cultural theme. And again, just, just to make sure that everyone's clear, we are not talking about abusive relationships. Of course okay? not. Yep. So let's just put it out there again, just one more time. We're talking about the relationship in which it is wise and appropriate um, and beyond question to bear with someone because um, the relationship is important to maintain even in the face of difficulties. That's right. There's two truths that I've found helpful that I'm not saying I'm doing this, but I think about when I'm trying to practice the fruit, the spiritual fruit of patience that I think could be helpful. The first is patience can only be practiced in community and a false substitute from pa- for patience is removing yourself from community. Yeah. That's not patience. And so when we're thinking about patience, we need to be with people. We need to be dealing with actual human situations. Mm-hmm. And again, a false substitute is to say, I'm going to remove myself from that community. That's that's not patience. That's being in a scene. That's being somebody who removes themselves from the very real realities of what's going on in community, what God's doing in the midst of those people. Uh, so patience needs to be in community. Be in relationship with people. Be with them. Hang in there with them. The second thing is we need to reject a falsehood that where someone is now is where they're always going to be. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you're just getting at with yeah. cancel culture, Jen, is yeah. we need to reject this assumption that whatever somebody believes, whatever they're doing is what they'll always be doing. Mm-hmm. Patience uh, is undergirded by this reality that we're learners and that we're growing and that especially mm-hmm. in the household of God, sanctification is taking place. The yes. spirit of God is among us, forming Christ likeness in us. So we can take uh, hope in being patient people, because when my kids don't get their shoes on, I can take hope that when they're 12, they're going to have their shoes on. Where they are now isn't where they're going to be when when they're growing into mature and more maturing people. So mm-hmm. if you're right. struggling with somebody right now in a very real relationship, we can take hope in the promise of God that, especially if they're a Christ follower, that they're that God's with them. He's shaping them, forming them, and he's forming the image of Christ in them. Therefore, we can be patient. I think a really good way to cultivate patience with others is to reflect on with gratitude God's patience towards us. And so like when you think about the mm-hmm. elements of prayer and, and, and the element of thanksgiving, so often the element of thanksgiving in our prayer is, God, thank you for answering this prayer, answering that prayer. Thank you for a good thing that happened to me. Um, but I don't know that we often spend the time that we could thanking God for his perseverance toward us um, as we look back on times where we have repeated a sin or on times where we have um, found new ways <laughs> to sin, yeah. uh, you know, and, and that when we when we rehearse before the Lord the times that he has maintained his faithfulness toward us, even his faithfulness and his patience toward us, um, then it makes us more disposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves and as we've understood ourselves to be loved by him. Yeah, that's right. Man, well, this has been a really rich season for me to reflect on who God is and his attributes. 
Uh, in the episodes ahead, we'll get to do some fun things. Got uh, at least one surprise for you, some Q&A episodes as well, and then an interview with Dr. Matthew Barrett from Midwestern, who's been our great season sponsor this season. I'm grateful for them. Uh, you can find Knowing Faith on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, if you are looking for like, hey, what are some cool behind-the-scenes stuff, or if this podcast has just meant a lot to you, and you'd like to find out how you can get involved with supporting it, you can go to trainingthechurch.com slash support. Leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, and we'd be glad to grab one of the questions. If you drop a question in there for an upcoming Q&A episode, we hope you enjoyed the discussion today. Grace and peace. <laughs>